Welcome everybody to our next Rugged Athlete Podcast. This is Chacho Matt here. Really haven't come up with my real official handle with Dr. Fidgen and a good buddy of ours, Huntafo. What's up? So, um, dude, I'm glad you're here. Dude, thank you so much for having me again, man. Fourth trip out to Ohio this year, this deer season. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. So um, when it comes to uh, part of our culture that we're creating and building is uh, – kind of like what you embody to some degree of being out there traveling the world just doing it man um you were telling me you were on four um international international hunts last year i guess yeah canada twice so canada twice three different places yeah newfoundland and then uh northern ontario for black bears newfoundland was moose but uh so yeah i guess i count that counts twice And then where else? Um, uh, South Africa in August. And then, was it a week and a half later, I took a very last minute um, hunt from our mutual friend Jeff to uh, to Newfoundland. That was Newfoundland. And then where else was it? Oh, I started the year in January, um, England. Awesome. So, so, So when people think, so most people I would say know Canada. I mean, that's very game rich. Mm hmm. It Everybody is. knows that. Yeah. I, I would, or I would assume that if you're hunting, that most people know that. Um, yeah. Africa is like on a lot of bucket lists for a lot of people. The Mecca. You know right, I mean? like, right, yeah. right. Um, uh, the, uh, what's that called of life? What is it called? The, uh, Origin. The, the origin, the circle. <laughs> <laughs> Not scripted. <laughs> um, but but when, when, when I don't think a lot of people think of like England yeah. as uh, a place to hunt. Oh, dude, me either. Yeah, I mean, that was another thing where it was like, I knew that one was in the books for a lot. Um, I became really good friends with a TV show, Bone Cold TV, and they're awesome dudes from Buffalo, New York. My buddy Sean, Mike, and uh, Sean, Mike. Sean, Chad, and Brandon. I don't even know who Mike is. That's Mike. But, uh, <laughs> Mike, good to have you here. So I'm, they, I do taxidermy for them. I'm a taxidermist. That's how Hanafo basically started. Okay. Like the all-encompassing name, but it's just like I just did taxidermist for taxidermy since I was 15. Uh, I counted 15 because that's when I started taking paid clients. Yeah. I was doing it a little bit before that, but no apprenticeship where I'm from, upstate New York. It's not really – there's other hunters, you know what I mean? But it's not really hunch, hunt-centric area right. that people travel the world to go to so kind of cut my teeth hunting around there which is 2020 hindsight was a pretty good place to do it especially for bow hunting like i lived in the suburbs i was born in the hood of albany new york uh, apartment on top of my grandpa's house and my grandpa lived there since he was he came here from italy calabria italy uh when he was 18 cool and Ten dollars in his pocket, the same old immigrant story, you know what I mean? And started apprenticing at a barbershop, eventually owned the barbershop and eventually bought a lot of apartment buildings and that's what he's really? done. Yeah, so he's kinda like an apartment mogul down in Albany, New York, everyone knows him. And cool. uh <clears throat> always had a hobby farm and that's where I was brought up. So I was born in the hood, but every day I would run downstairs, slip on the same patch of ice, get trampled by my German short pointer Goomba. And, uh, we had a German short-haired pointer. Did you? Yes. My grandpa's crazy. always bred them since he came from oh, Italy. He's I love a them. huge bird guy. So we would go pheasant hunting, and it's limited pheasant hunting. Like they're all stock birds, and right. if the hawks don't get them, the, the coyotes do, and if they don't, I do. So, right. Um, but yeah, that was my upbringing. I would just run downstairs and run to the farm with my grandpa every day. So we would drive to the hobby farm with goats, pigs, a couple horses running with the cows, just enough to ride bareback once in a while, but not any. Did he too hunt serious. too? Yeah. Yep. Always a gun hunter, though. Never drew a bow back in his life. So it's it's interesting. But that's what we did. That's why I got so into it. It's like he was always my father figure. You know what I mean? 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would wake up and just, I'm hanging out with my grandpa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're learning things inadvertently. Like carry two gallons of, two five-gallon pails to equal out the weight instead of struggling with one. You know what I mean? Breaking the ice so the goats and the pigs could drink and stuff. And like, I'm just doing that for fun. But we were just working all day. Mm-hmm. So for fun. It would be me bundled up in his coat waiting for a deer to walk Right, by. and that's... 30-odd six, you know? Right, and so so I would think that... I mean, that's really kind of why we started Rugged Athlete in the first place, yeah. when your work or when your fun is work. Yeah. Like, it's it's taking care of livestock. It's taking care of working stock horses. It's taking care of performance horses. Yeah. It's, you know, creating, obviously, by by profession... 
Um, Dr. Fit, Jen, and I are chiropractors. We had Dr. Steve Baker here uh, last week from Idaho. So we love changing the world through what we do. But outside of that, the reason we started is because we live on a ranch. We own an outfitting business. We travel and we do everything that we can with YouTube and with supplements to try to get people that are doing what you said, like getting up with grandpa, going to the farm and working. But that's fun. It's not... Don't get me wrong, we still go to movies and we still do some town activities. <laughs> yeah. We're going out tonight afterwards, but after the hunt, we're going out tonight to do some, like a little bit of a doe party. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, you know, get some management done, but then, then we're going out. Uh, but if you're doing that all the time, you need a clean level of nutrition. You need to be organized so you can do things. Let's get back to England real quick. So you learned with your grandpa, grew up hunting. Yeah. Yep. And bow hunting. Yeah, the bow hunting. So, in so what's in England? <clears throat> there are, I took a last minute hunt, uh, cancellation hunt with uh, my buddy's Bone Cold TV. They had an open slot and they'll film hunts for their TV show around the world, obviously. So I just became really good friends with them and I kind of just stole their technique to earn my keep kind of a thing. Right. Where I was like, I saw what they were running and I bought the same exact camera gear. And it was like right before my first big hunt with them, which was actually South Africa. That's a different story. That was four years ago. And uh, so I kind of like, I'm looking at exactly what they use because these cameras and stuff, they all say good low light. They're not rated for hunting light. You know what I mean? Like what's going to buy you time? <laughs> right. We, we got the silver light. Yes. That's a, that's a whole new term. Yeah. And I, you know, we were talking before too. Like I work on all my own archery equipment. I have my bow press and everything in my basement. I run around circles here talking about I nerd out on things. So, like, when I'm dig deep on what camera to get, it's not run through the woods. You know what I mean? Like, it means nothing. So, when I see all these guys using this camera, Sony AX100 at the time, now replaced by the 700, that's exactly what I bought. It's been field tested. And I figured, like, all the same equipment for coherency. Like, oh, your battery's dead here? I got one. It's going to fit in your camera because I got the same exact one. So, they never asked me to do any of that stuff, but, like, I kind of like to earn my keep. You know what I mean? Right. And, like, that's hopefully in my mind I just want to go hunting you know what I mean like if there's right. a drop out later if there's something that I could pay my way in later and if I could be cool enough to get invited again like I, that's all I want to do is just go on right you know what I mean so they called me and it was awesome they're like dude uh, Brandon can't make this one so it's usually three guys and we all hunt together and we will film each other like one guy filming the animal one guy on hunter and animal little nuances to film a hunt show whatever but so I was like yeah let's go what do we hunt? Yeah, right. Chinese water deer. My buddy Chad is infatuated with the Chinese water deer that were apparently brought by the Queen of England. I don't know. You know, you can Wikipedia it, I guess, maybe 100 years ago. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, long time. But, yeah, brought them over just for, like, in the castle, and a few got escaped or whatever, and they just escaped. overrun. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, they're just, like... Nu- nuisance animals like uh, Wait, what are these? these giant these water deer they are now considered an invasive and just like many other invasives like pigs down in Texas you know and mm-hmm. it's kind of cliche at this point but everyone's just like yeah the pigs like they're a huge problem we want to get rid of them we want to extirpate them but when you talk to it on a local level it's like do you really want all these pigs gone you uh, know what I mean like, yeah, yeah, or do yeah, you kind of yeah. just like it's a huge economic thing. Like, not complaining about around. them anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the pig thing, like AR-15s out of a helicopter. So I was like, it's this own, its yeah. own thing that mm-hmm. regular um, federal protected wildlife, especially, especially are, uh, you just can't do. So anyways, they have their own hunting culture. And if you're going to England hunting, which I never even thought that's, was a thing. That's like, like such that, a... That in and of itself. That blows my like, mind. It's yeah. the concept to me. So like, yeah, uh, growing up on New York, on Ohio and stuff like that, you're a nice antlered white-tailed deer and I'm like oh we're going deer hunting what do these things look like they have no horns and like a trophy buck has horn, like teeth this right. big so they're fangs that just hang are down are you kidding me teeth like canine teeth and they're they're insane yeah they're right super here. sharp that is crazy yeah no alright there we fangs. go look they're at awesome. that you've got to be kidding me <laughs> and they're actually they're like looking at the skull it looks like a vampire deer. You have to Google <laughs> Chinese water deer. Yeah, that. it looks like one of those programs where they like combine the two animals. And, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> like animorphs or something. But like, wow. And they're actually cool. you can see the white whiskers that they have on their chin. Yeah. So they're very hard to see if it's a buck or a doe past 100 yards because you're looking at that long white hair. You're like, oh, it's got teeth. It's got teeth. And 
that's the only thing that really distinguishes distinguishes the male yeah. from the female. So you're like, I think it's got teeth. I don't know. And then it like turns and you see it in the sun. It's like, yeah, it's got teeth. Take them. You know what I mean? And right. It's hard to judge even how big the teeth are and whatnot. But again, they're uh, archery. Y'all went? No, no. The bow hunting is actually legal in England. So. Wow. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. It's weird. I don't know why. And honestly, I asked uh, my buddy Sam that we were hunting with out there and. A few other people. Oh, I think no one seems to really know why. Yeah, you, it's you illegal. Kind of tell me. Like, there's nothing set in stone as to why, but I know you know the legend, legend. Of Robin Hood or whatever we were talking about. Like, it's not really about purses of coins and stuff. It's about wildlife. Steal from the rich and give to the poor. If you own the land, you own the wildlife. So, like these kingdoms or whatever they call them out there, it's like you own this vast area of land. You own all the red deer, the fallow deer, whatever wildlife is there. You're not allowed to hunt that. Anyone else that goes on that land is poaching. There's no private wow. land out there or anything like that. So the poor that don't own large tracts of land like that, they're impoverished. They were starving. So they would go, and I'm guessing that's where the bow and arrow came in, and just essentially poach these animals, stealing from the rich, and give it to the poor to feed their families. So it's like, maybe that's why Boeing's a yeah, little, little you can bit get away with silent, it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like... I know they have a weird thing where they don't think it's as ethical and stuff. Like, obviously, America's paved the way in Boeing. They can show it. It's pretty, pretty right. deadly. But right. uh, I didn't even know there was people, honestly, that hunted in England. Yeah. No, me either. Right. I didn't never thought I'd be one of them. Especially <laughs> for a vampire deer. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, amen. you got no horns on it? But, no, they're cool, man. Now it's yeah. like, I look at the mount. I just mounted it. Um, I'm a taxidermist, too. I don't right. know if we touched on that. But uh, I just mounted my own. And there's only two forms on the market for the Chinese water deer versus thousands for the white-tailed deer, like all different measurements and stuff. Mm. It's just your standard shoulder form. So I just like ended up just tweaking it and do, I really specialize in like really custom stuff. So just taking in your measurements to fit the height, but then right. like I extended the whole thing to like an extended wall pedestal, kind of put a flare in the back. I'll have to show you pictures later, but it's just this cool like custom mount, this Chinese water just like with those little fangs hanging down. But pretty long, like I guess mine ended up being like a gold medal. So like we have Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett stuff here. Like Mm -hmm. over there they go by like a metal system. So bronze, silver, and gold, like for various measurements. And I guess mine's gold. Now, now did you taste any of the meat? Yeah, oh yeah. We ate it while we were there. So it's just like South Africa. For pathogens and stuff, you can't bring it back for most international hunts. Um, It might be different for Canada because I was just looking into it um, for Argentina and stuff, but like you cannot bring meat back or like any animal products back with you. So they have to go through a dip and pack process where they essentially hard salt the hides, stabilize them, dip them in these vat of chemicals or something. I don't right. know what they do. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. I mean? But uh, and then they're salted, the skulls are clean, boiled, and uh, put in a shipping crate and shipped over. And that whole process can take you know a few months to six months to a year or whatever. But yeah. After you now, you would have to think. So, I mean, part of the whole purpose is there's a lot, not a lot of, and and my wife would know way more than I because she is like the nutrition yeah. queen. Yeah. But there are not a lot of like companies that do supplements as well as like like even something as simple as like a protein bar that's that's clean. But you would think that out in South Africa or wherever you were hunting over there, there's no, like, there's not a feeding program, I would not assume. It's just wild. The cleanest meat. It's kind of like what, you know, all the people that are back here that, you know, you know, the Cameron Haynes the Joe Rogans, the Mm -hmm. Chad Mendes, you know, they're all about, you know, the cleanness of elk. Or if you go out in the mountains, in high country, or in any country, basically. If it's wild, it's clean. And that's really why we kind of even started it because there's not a lot of clean, pure Mm -hmm. companies out there that exist anymore. There's so many different man-made chemical (laughs) adding in. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, even with, you know, something as simple. yeah, like anything, like you're going out hunting, camping, or whatever, your options, if if you're really looking at clean or even even halfways like sustainability and things like that there's just like very limited options out there but that's why i love i love i mean i love that our freezer is filled with wild game you know because because of that for sure and that's why we kind of like are searching out and collaborating with lots of people yeah to be able to find that you know Mm. yeah and you can't sell wild game 
No, you, you know can't. I mean? And so you can't sell like wild games. Things. If you're not providing, and then you're telling your friends about the benefits of all this wild games, like, well, how am I going to get it? Right. And we had we had steaks last night. So from elk that you know we got in Montana this year, yep. technically in 22, so the 22 season, not 23. Um, and it is it's phenomenal. Right, you can oh, taste yeah, yeah. you can yeah. taste the difference. So, elk is insane. so I would assume that same thing out in South Africa. So, what what do you hunt in South Africa? Well, when you're a bow hunter, you're kind of open to whatever comes to the watering hole. You know what I mean? Right. You yeah. Just pick your shots. You just kind of hunt your shots versus just like a species. Like obviously the mecca in my mind before going there, uh, the first time four years ago now I guess was the kudu. That's all I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And uh, just driving in the truck on the way to the blind the first day i saw my one and only kudu that whole trip and it's just this nice what it's probably and, mid 50s and they're you said they're they're even in the antelope species yeah yeah so, they're all basically all antelope yeah besides like your cape buffalo like even the wildebeest is an antelope like a lot of people think that's some kind of buffalo or something because it looks very bovine buffaly yeah but like uh yeah that's just a that's an antelope too but the kudu was like the mecca in my mind and i saw the one he's like mid 15 inch kudu which is an awesome bull now 2020 hindsight i never know anything about these places until i'm there and i hunt there for like four days and come back an expert <laughs> won't stop talking about it but uh, the only kudu i saw was off the truck and they're like get up on the truck because in africa same thing you own the animals or you own the land you own the, the animals the wildlife so there's almost like you do whatever you want to do you could do old school safari style looking for the truck get off shooting sticks kind of stuff like that honestly if you wanted to you could shoot them off the truck if you're doing that like that but like bow hunting you know what i mean like in the blind and just like we're used to hunting like that's that's my bread and butter so uh just clean shots and whatnot and i really wanted to be stubborn with the bow the first time i was there this last time i i picked up the gun towards the end it was awesome too but uh long story short the only kudo i saw was off the truck They're like get up on truck shoot them off the high rack and i'm just like I know it's like the culture and stuff. Like I don't want to offend you guys, but I just don't. I just don't want it. I just didn't. I just don't want to shoot anything off a truck. You know what I mean? And everything's subject to change. You know what I mean? Like different right. places, you accept different cultures and stuff like that. But at that point in my mind, I pass on the opportunity, and I never saw another one. And that's bow hunting. You know what I mean? Right. So I'm sitting at the watering hole, and the first animal I saw that trip was a gemsbuck bull, and apparently they barely have to drink because they just have hollow hairs. Um, like pipes, my friend Tony would say, like hollow like pipes, and apparently they absorb moisture from the air. It's like an amphibian, I guess. I don't even know if that's true or not, to be honest with you. But uh, that's what he was saying that they absorb water from their environment, and they're really like Sahara Kalahari type animals, like sand dune animals. Where really? They really don't. That's why they have like, if someone wants to look up a Gemsbuck or an Oryx, um, they have like yes, black and white yeah. faces mm-hmm. and then they have like the black and white on the sides and that's to radiate heat from the sun and they can actually withstand temperatures in their brain. Their brain will be cooled down by the colors, the black on the face is deviating that sunlight in a way and I, I read about it. I was an expert for five minutes and I forgot about it. You, you are an expert. <laughs> but it just radiates that so that their brain temp is way lower than their body temp can withstand laying in the sun. There's no shade. There's not even a a tree or a bush out there, you know what I mean? Right. So they can upstand. The, they, they're just animals, are incredible, man. And that's that's, awesome. that's where it all comes from. Hold on, though. Is that what you got? That's what the I killed the first one. Me here. And that's actually, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I was just get talking. But uh, yeah, that's actually what the Hunafo logo is. Um, is the Gemsbuck laying sideways? I have this cool picture of me, like it's just like a clip from the footage because I filmed everything. Do you, hey, do you think you can add in the Hunafo uh, logo? So we, we can add that in, so yeah. you can look at it right now. During I can this email time. it to you too, but. Uh, Oh, he's, just the he's a magician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your Jamie. Right. Logan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so that's my – I kind of just built the logo off of that just because it's such a cool, symmetrical animal. And, like, everyone's got the white-tailed – the white, white-tailed deer logo on their truck. And stuff right, like right, that, right. So. I got a question. You Like, all these international hunts or whatever, yeah. is there one that's, like, your like, favorite? <sighs> yeah. Man, you know, it's like – so tell, tell, tell us about Argentina coming up. Yeah. If, I mean, go answer the question. That kind of answers the question, though. Right. I mean, it's it's like, honestly, it's like the next one. Whichever one you're you know, talking whatever, about like, at the time. Because that's the real thing. It's like when I'm there, I'm there. And it's almost a byproduct of the months and the years that I put into researching said place that I'm about to be in. That's almost like what I enjoy the most 
is the research before the hunt. And it's like it's like the previews before the movie. It's almost like yeah. when you get to the movie, you're like, oh, yeah. Well, what's the next one? Yeah, the shot of the animal is such a tiny little part right. of that that it's just like that's all you know. People see, especially not hunters, like that's all. Oh, they're just killing animals, but like, man. The, the most fun for me is really planning the next one. And it's really, like, I don't even, I think that it's, as a hunter, it's the love of the animals so much. That's what okay. really wants you to go after it. I know it sounds contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, even when, you know, with the, with the with, even with our rugged athlete, like, experiential journeys, Dr. Fit Jen's 40-day journey, it's not, it's not the, and that's free, by the way. I mean, it's not like, hey, here's a little... We're going to switch it up and now you get to, we're going to sell it to you. It's 100% free. It's really the love of being able to have people experience the freaking 40-day journey. Yeah, don't you sure. agree? And I think it's, it's, it's the love of Argentina. And I don't even know what you're going to hunt there. I, actually, I, th- I think you said you were going to hunt. Uh, it's either red stags or buffalo. So I'm not sure. I think <clears throat> in the back of my mind, I kind of want to experience it all like right. vicariously. So I might volunteer to like film for a while. And, like, right. Just see how it goes for a couple of days and film other people mm-hmm. and just see what experience I want for myself. Because I've never hunted a species of buffalo. I got very close to hunting a Cape buffalo this last time in Africa, but it just didn't work out. But, um, yeah, they have their own water buffalo in Argentina that are awesome. Their horns are a little bit smaller, but their bodies are even bigger than a Cape buffalo. That's awesome. Or slash and the uh just red deer red deer and that's going to be during the roar correct yes so 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 most people don't know what that is so that would be similar to what that would be similar to bugling elk is like the first thing that comes to mind you know what i mean they're right service alephus or something like that like so they're in the elk um family so they'll interbreed with elk whereas a white-tailed deer won't it's that service genus the latin whatever but um so it's a lot like that. I guess you're not going to call them in. Like, they're not as prone to coming in, but you can get them to fire off and then stalk in on them based off that. So, so what I heard, yeah, so what I heard is when we're, when we're, like, elk hunting, we're bugling not just to locate, but then also to come in. To, 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 to draw. To on their territory. Right, their for, them to, for them to come in. Screen. And whereas, like, the roar, they don't really come towards you. They just... So I hear. I'm very so, limited. Okay. Um, I actually was lucky enough to take a red stag when i was in england too towards the end of the hunt and that wasn't anywhere near the roar it's just like post hunt like we're hunting now um where they've been hunted all year but right now in ohio this week this doe hunt they're so skittish man and it's just because they've been hunted all season and stuff so it was kind of the equivalent to that so they're like red red deer not in question they're here but they're not in question got lucky got a nice stag killed so i have hunted them before but not enough to really learn about them it was just very uh situational you know so, of course, I'm still doing my research and stuff, but yeah, it sounds like they're not going to come and bust in like an elk will to just be territorial like that. But And it's kind of like an elk. It's more like a deep, like between like a cow and like a, it's like, like, it's just like deep guttural, just like, I just can't wait to hear it. You know, I didn't hear that because they weren't, they're not doing it if it's not the rut. Right. So they're, or the roar, or whatever they call it down there. But so I'm just so pumped for that. You know yeah, mean? and when, when is that trip? That's going to be in March. That's going to be in March. That's so that's awesome. cool because that's, that's off-season hunt. Okay, so how that's did that really cool. come up then? How did that you... came up. Same thing. Um, uh, one of the Bone Cold guys can't make it, so Chad called me up, and he's the logistics guy. He just gets all that's that so stuff. Awesome. Yeah, and he's just like, dude, film each other. This you know is what, what, I, mean? so this is what nice I think thing. is super cool, like, because you won't talk about yourself. But, like, <laughs> you, think about, like, all of the opportunities that have come up for yep. you to literally go across the world to go hunting and stuff. I know. But it's not... I'm so lucky, man. No, so lucky. no, no, no. Well, here's the thing, though. It's like you, you, you've you, been working your butt off since you were... You are telling me, like, 13, you were working in a, yeah, a I mean, restaurant. Yeah, like on the you know? job, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you... you yeah. The yes, reason sir. those opportunities come up is because you make yourself available and you work hard. And, yeah. like, people know that they can count on you and people know, like, hey, here's Fo, he's always willing... And he's capable, yeah. you know. And I that's think, all I want to be. Yeah. He's capable. Well, like, I I think that's like like such a like a awesome way and mindset. Like people are probably like, man, it must be cool to go all these other places. Well, work your ass off and absolutely and and create those opportunities. You know, like yeah, you, you didn't. And that's all from grandpa, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thinking right. About it's, it and, and it's about living your dreams. We're creating yeah. something right now. Just it's called dreams to goals. 
because mm-hmm. I mean, really, I mean, you're kind of living, I mean, if we all have in our lives, like what we love doing. And then if we could have just maybe a little bit more, because I think that's mm-hmm. part of our nature in the likeness and the image of God, we're a creator. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if he's a creator, he created us. That's part of in our DNA to create. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we get going, let's talk about, so, and, and I was, you know, over, over dinner last night, we were talking about just like a little bit of the podcast. We're like, um, all right, so what's, what is Hanafo? And, oh, yeah. uh, and you're like, well, I don't know. Do you want me to talk about the, like the metaphysical? Uh, yeah, you know? like, I don't, we can get deep. Like, what is a hunt of folk? Is it its own species? I don't know. Can I hunt that thing? I'm down. So, I'll figure it out. So I go from like even the beginning because it has, it has a pretty cool origin, I think. And yeah. Then just what, just... You know, and then what your ideas are. And I mean, because you have, and we were talking even like even today before we started, you have like huge volumes of filmed Oh my data gosh. from yeah. all over the world. I mean, yeah, I just have I just hard drives, literally like eight to nine hard drive, just full of footage that I just keep banking because I just like to film everything and get the nuances of everything. And you get the kill shot, and then you kind of build the story around it. You know what I mean? And right. Just try to do it in the moment. And it's hard, and the, you realize the um, legitimacy, just the B roll, is like a lot of it. You know, little things like. Yeah, of course I'm clipping my release to my D loop, but like people want to see that stuff and you right. don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, because I mean, if well, you're like new, you're well, and like you said, it's not just the shot; it's everything building up to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying <clears throat> to paint the picture of what you went through, that's really what people want to see. But to us, the hunter, it's just like you're just so focused on making a clean shot, especially with the bow. Right. That's like that's almost all I'm thinking of footage-wise. And then you have 20 seconds, and you're like, check out my 20 second video. Right. Like even e- even that doe yesterday when you were out, and yeah. you're like, yep. and that 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 ear. Went in front of it, her eye, oh, and that's, that's when, when I drew. drew. That's when you drew. 100%. But if you're new and you're like, yeah, you know, we had it. We had a, a brand new hunter. He he was awesome. He came in. He had an opportunity. Uh, unfortunately, um, it, it didn't pan out in the long run um, after a, after a blood trail. But he's like, first time hunting ever, and he was like, my heart was beating so hard. When the doe came in, he's like, I didn't even know how to pick up my bow. He's like, I was literally trying to, he's like, I didn't even know what I could do. (laughs) But whereas somebody like yourself, you like, because of that experience and you know, you know, I'm so lucky to be brought up where I was. Right. Not to cut you off. Goes in front of the eye. You draw hammer and we're, 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 we're deer managing, man. We're, we're having fun. And New York is so overpopulated with deer that that's what built the, I've, I mean, a lot of my knowledge is also regurgitated knowledge from all different sources. Right. Of but that's what humans are. That's the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. But like I've heard it said before, like ice in the veins. And that's where that comes from is me cutting my teeth in New York. It's right. like you're allowed to legally if you want. Like where I am, it's a, a bow only unit. So you, it's essentially like a doe management permit where you could just send now. It's so like you, you, you email proof of sex of the deer and then filled out tag and they'll send you another tag in the mail. Uh, basically infinitely like because they just can't kill enough does in that area because it's bow only and stuff like that so you cut your teeth in a place like that as a kid and you can kill five or six does a year you know what I mean that develops that deer within archery range when to range but you get a couple does on your belt you're less nervous with does if you could cleanly take does like that and you don't really like and after the shot like I am like almost like too cold (laughs) <laughs> like when I see a deer, I'm just like, okay, shooter, all all business now. You know what I mean? Like, and I just focus on the body and the nuances. I don't look at the horns anymore after I right, always yeah, shoot. Yeah. But uh, after that, and if you're a bow hunter, you know what you know. Oh, but when he when he talks about that, you know yeah. exactly. Well, that's what's thing. happening. But if you're not, if you see that pocket seen open a deer, up, and you know what I mean, like you're talking right. about your first time hunter, any deer just triggering that oh yeah you know I mean? and he hit, hit it in the spine worse. of the scapula everyone these days in. wants to shoot a nice buck and everyone like fortunately or unfortunately like depending on where you live we're raising deer to get bigger and older class and bigger antlers and stuff like that so everyone getting into hunting that's what they see and they want to kill a first buck understandably is their first deer but boy that's not the deer you want to mess up on right you're passing all these deer and you have no you don't know if you can do i tell everybody kill as much as you can legally (laughs) of course but kill everything man kill everything you can for the first few years at least and just because the finer nuance 
Forget about getting drawn back, getting an arrow placed and it's a game of inches. Like, forget about that. You don't even know how to read blood. What if you hit that buck an inch back and you hit him in the liver and you go to look up as if it's a long shot right away, but you've never tracked a deer before because you were waiting for that big buck. And now you jumped him up out of his bed with a liver shot and you just lost yeah, the biggest deer yeah. of probably your life because you're probably going to quit. Maybe you should. No, I'm yeah, just exactly. <laughs> Keep going, but just shoot more does. That's what I'm saying. It's like, just kill deer. So how did Hunnifoe come up? So, yeah, I mean, like I was telling you, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, everyone's always called me foe started out as like one of my friends coming over from like a school party or whatever uh like a birthday party or something like elementary school and like he saw that my my younger sister at the time maria i think could never say my name so she would always say my name's rodolfo my full name and uh italian costa rican you get the rodolfo you know what i mean yeah sexy genetics you know but uh so she would always say foe because she could never say my name so she would just be like up and call me foe. So my friend comes over and he thinks he's going to make fun of me and go to school and like, hey foe, hey foe, you know what I mean? And it just caught on. Everyone started calling me foe. I'm like, it's kind of awesome. You know what I mean? Like, it's quick. I don't have to explain yeah. my name. It's just like, his name's foe? It's like, yeah, it's foe. F-O. Like, it's not that hard to be. Right, I remember up. the first time I met you, they're like, this is foe. Yeah. What's his last name? We don't know. And it's like, dude, I'm so <laughs> bad with names. We still names. don't know. Like, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I am so bad with names, like, remembering them. And I'm just like, it's almost cheating that Fun people time. remember my name. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Hunt is my first. <laughs> that is his last name. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost cheating that people remember my name because how are you going to forget them? Yeah. You know what I mean? The problem is you go out in public and everyone's saying no. What? You know what I mean? Like everything rhymes with And they think noodles. Yeah, the soup. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, which I've never had. Maybe we'll have to do that sometime. But uh, Let's take yeah. a notice and phone. So as a kid, I was getting my license when I'm – whatever you 15 16 whatever it is that's all blurred and by the way every memory of my life is oh, i was either 15 16 yeah you know I mean? it's like amazing how i have 30 years of experience from when i was 15 to 16 like all my stories like oh i started taxing when i was 15 16 like it's all within that two years apparently or one year but uh two years uh, anyways i was looking up on the new york dmv and i saw the vanity plates where you could type in your own like plate with whatever you want on it custom and i'm like this is cool. And it like lays it out in front of you. So I'm like, Hunter Foe, H-U-N-T-E-R, taken. I'm like, ah, man, let's do it with the state emblem in the middle. Taken. I'm like, let's get ghetto with it, dude. So I put Hunter, H-U-N-T-A, New York sign, Foe, green, good to go. Click, order, Hunter Foe was was born, I guess. It was just like my license plate as like a little kid getting ghetto with it. And uh, they, I was just like, then Instagram came out years after that. I'm like, man, what should I make my cool Instagram handle? And it's just like, everyone called me Hunter Foe from then on because I pull up in the Jeep. So, yeah, it's a pretty sweet, sweet Jeep. And it's just. Uh, I'm curious though, like, how many other Hunter. Who's, who's the guy that has the tag that's Hunter Foe? I, I don't know to too many foes. Yeah. I will find him. <laughs> <laughs> I will find him. Although not nearly as cool as Hunt of Foe, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where Hunt of Foe came from. And then it's just like everything just kind of turned into that. The tax army was whatever. And it just kind of keeps it coherent under one umbrella and Hunt of Foe. And that's just kind of how I like to keep it. I don't like to pigeonhole myself into one thing. Like I said, like I do taxidermy. I do, you know, these hunts around the world, I guess now, as you guys say. Um... Well, I mean, it's not as we say. I mean, it, 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 yeah. I mean geographically, even like Ohio, yeah. South Africa. Yeah, if you I mean, look at my OnX map. Right, right, right. I mean, or OnX or Google, right? It, yeah, I mean, cool. it really is. Like Argentina. Yeah. And so, OnX barely works, but I have to find Wi-Fi in Africa just so I can make one blip. Drop. So I can yeah, see yeah. where I killed my cooter. Yeah. Just so I can see, like, when I get home, like, oh, yeah, I got a blip over there. Yeah, but, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, it's awesome. So just kind of an umbrella name, I guess, just... Again, inadvertently. Sweet. And you, got, when we, you have some big plans for, like, developing that as well. And we don't yeah, need to get into absolutely. that or anything unless you really yeah. want to. No, but. I mean, eventually, uh, you know, I got the YouTube going. It's just private for now. I want to make sure everything's this. I'm so – I've always loved like, – gravitated towards art and everything like that. And I always loved painting as a kid. And I would paint turkey feathers because I never wanted to wait. I would have vases full of turkey feathers. So I never wanted to throw them out. And you can only mount so many of them. So, like, Christmas gifts, I would just hand-paint turkey feathers and stuff like cool. that. So I would always love, like, every art class I took, every wood tech class I would take. But, unfortunately, I don't know what to do with that in modern times and, like, trying to 
make it a little lucrative. You know what I mean? So taxidermy fell into play where sculpting, airbrushing, mm -hmm. painting, oh, you nature, can totally animals. see your artistic oh, man. creativity in your taxidermy. Oh, like, well, I appreciate it's, it. it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. and I think on, 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 on a big cultural platform, that artistic is like someone like Gannon or somebody like yeah. yourself that has, or or even Sean or whoever with the, with the Bone yeah. Cold guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I was watching some true. Gannon cinematography. Stuff. Yeah, it's just beautiful. it's all about how can you bring in that audience, and I really think with you it's know with the story. yeah, even with the Ogo, I mean, there's there's hunters, and part of the reason we want to do there's so much work to be done when it just That's it's exciting to be able to bring people that may never go on an elk hunt. Yep. Like part of that is with the dreams, the goals, again, completely free. We don't want anything from it other than if you really want to go on an elk hunt, if you really want to go to Argentina or South Africa, how do you have the conscious steps that are formatted for you to be able to do that? I'm not talking about yep. buying a ticket. I'm talking about the finances to be able to do that because most time people are limited by finances. So conscious or doing it to the point of it being unconscious decisions, like subconscious, where you're just like, that's just how you live your life. Right. That, that would like be, I would say it would be the ultimate goal. Yeah, be, and dude, be it gets no more blue collar than me. You know what I mean? Like in terms of affording these hunts, like, dude, I never thought a little kid from Colony, New York represent, uh, would ever go on these hunts. You know what I mean? It's just like, I can never afford that. And just by earning my keep and stuff like that, a little bit here, a little bit there. And then you realize like, dude five grand to go on a hunt it's just like but you have a whole year or two years to just a little bit just you know right and again you get into the cliche stuff of don't buy that Dunkin' donuts coffee every day and there you go you're on your way to a hunt you know what i mean like right. anything like that and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, i know I'm, I'm dead serious but it's just little don't things eat like the that. eggs don't eat the eggs right now yeah maybe you don't need you know again listen like to all these podcasts was the newest the latest and greatest like bows have plateaued the technology five years ago basically like it's little nuances and market trends now do you need a new now $1,400 bow every year right do you no like do you you know what I mean like you should use that same bow for five years you're gonna be better off just change the strings. It's going to become an extension of your body. You're going to know the nuances of the string angle, the grip, everything like that. It's only going to really make you a greater hunter. Hunter, And then put that money towards a hunt, $1,400, even if it's every other year. Like, you're on your way to one of those hunts. You go on one of those hunts, you see it's possible. Absolutely. And that's when you start playing your Yeah, Steve around. Harvey has this one, uh, you know, he, before his shows, he always does these, like, little, you know, inspirational, oh, cool. uh, you know, messages or whatever i don't even know what you might even call them but he's always like whenever you fly somewhere fly first class because you will then in your brain and the magnitude of who you are start to figure out how you can now start flying first cat class well if i do this a little bit more if i work a little bit harder here if i do one hour of overtime if you work at that type of a mm -hmm. place or if i if you're in sales got one more sale the, the not Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it may be. Yeah. All of a sudden that adds up to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Now you're like, now we're sitting pretty, what do we want to do? Yeah. Or, and, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you Yeah, off. no. And that, and, and then, and then you start that exactly right. Yeah. And, or like aspiring towards a first class ticket, like you're saying, maybe go business class and put that money towards right. your hunt. Right. There's exactly. 600 bucks. Yeah. hundred you know percent, hundred percent. And I, and I don't fly first class because of that, because yeah, I'm 100%. always, and I can afford first class, but I'm always in my brain. Like if I do that, yep. I get to add towards this or this project. And we always have like a lot of irons going on, I think in, in the fire at one time, which is always fun. It's same here, man. It, it's, it's almost it, hard to focus. It, it's awesome. So I, I noticed one thing and I want to talk about this. So there is a general idea in the public and, and we're very aware because we are primarily a um a whitetail outfit yeah here in ohio but the class or the fitness level of people that are western hunters mm -hmm. versus the very typical yeah. uh whitetail hunter walking 100 yards to your stand type walking 100 thing. yards and you know we have KM, so we drive right to it actually so we, may, we might make it even a little worse for oh you. man your album is like, like right, i told right. you in october this is the first time i ever went on a guided whitetail hunt it's awesome yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome man they they're just up the machine right up the thing everything's all set and stuff like that like i'm usually you know bouncing around on public like with my stand on my back and hunting every tree different it's just 
I didn't realize how stressful it was. It's just what you do, you know what I mean? But like, right. coming to an outfit like this and talking about getting that ice in your veins, what a good opportunity. Just right. these doe hunts, man, to get deer within right. like range more affordable and just it's getting it done getting deer within you they're it's a controlled environment there is the blind this is the window that's open they're gonna be right there so much less stress about even seeing a deer then you can focus on the nuances of having a living animal right there when to draw get your blind set up there's little things every blind is going to be different you know what i mean like the, right it, like me setting up the camera on the tripod camera height where you're not seeing the glare of the lens outside and whatnot and just getting that all set up and keeping enough shade to keep yourself from silhouetting and skylighting yourself in there and just everything like that. And I always have little kits for different things. Like I'll always have electrical tape, zip ties, and like I'll just come up with these things to just get those windows. Like, okay, my sight is here and my arrow is here. So as long as it doesn't hit the bottom of the blind when I shoot, right? I'm good there. Do I need this much of that window open to see the trees? The deer ain't going to be flying in the trees. We ain't hunting Santa. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, this is like, I could shade that down. So I'll take those zip ties and make like a little rope ladder with electrical tape and just bring like little things like that. And just, if you just stay adaptable, that's why I love hunt is because you just have to stay adaptive. It's those little things like that, that like yeah. people need to come out and just for those reps. Because 100%. how many reps. times, keep saying reps and that's exactly what it say it guys, but how many times like this season, like, you know, they missed a shot because they literally hit the branch mm-hmm. or yeah, we and don't like to relive those moments. Well, but yeah, you're it's, right. It's you're a, right. It's, a, it's true. I mean, it's, it's it's the anything truth that you're doing for the first time, right. you know, you're going to make those mistakes. Right. So we're booked for all of 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You're you know, beyond so, booked. Yeah. We yeah. Don't yeah. Talk so, up, like, but everybody <laughs> that comes in for archery, yeah. it's like you have to go show us as an outfitting guide team that you can shoot because we're going to put you in different oh, yeah. locations yeah. depending on what you can. We try to get everybody. 20 to 40 yards, but, you know, we have ranges, you know, 20, 40, 60, out to 100. Um, do we shoot we that far? Yeah, I mean, not, not a whitetail, but we shoot that far all the time. Yep. Um, so let, let me get back to the whitetail uh, versus the out west hunter. Oh, yeah, so yeah. we had an opportunity um, to have somebody that we both knew came up, had a chance at a huge buck. Unfortunately, we weren't able to... He wasn't able, we weren't able to find it. We tracked it, you know, multiple days, but I noticed the fitness level and, and it's not just rugged because there's a lot of rugged out there, but I mean, we, we also, the last part of that is rugged athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the chance to, to, to track with you and it was at night and we were going up this, you know, in Ohio, we don't have mountains, but we have some, you know, in middle high, we have some, man. so we have some, you know, vertical, pretty, pretty steep hills mm-hmm. and you were running up that thing. Like it was like, you know, oh. Like it was easy. Um, and that's good because we don't see that a lot. A lot of people are like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here. I'll let you go do that. Yep. So in the realm of the world in hunting, and, and again, you've been in a lot of places, um, how important do you feel like, again, sticking with our name a little bit, not just the ruggedness of the, and the nuances of yep. the adaptability, that's part of being rugged, yep. um, but also the, the athlete part. When it comes to the fitness level, to allow you to be a better hunter. Yeah. Honestly, that's something I put very little time into personally. Like, I love reading about that stuff, but I just wasn't brought up in your conventional fitness family. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a, a product of immigrants. Like, that's what I am. My grandfather came from Italy when he was 18. My father came from Costa Rica when he was 18. So it's like, let alone the culture shock of like me saying words in an Italian accent that are just said completely differently because that's all I've ever heard them from my grandpa. But like, I just wasn't brought up like with fitness in mind. Now I'm lucky enough to have a skyrocketing metabolism and forever being built like a 14 year old girl, but that's what gets me from A to Z. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't have hair down to here if I cared what I looked like. You know what I mean? So that's never been an incentive for me. Um, But nonetheless, you still ran up that, you still ran up that. Oh yeah. Because that's where the deer was, bud. Right. <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Okay. All right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, then uh, that man, nothing taught me the validity in that, like that first elk hunt. My buddy, Sean Thompson, he owns Antler Ice. He's also one of the Bone Cold guys. Basically gave me a paid tuition to elk hunting. I couldn't get a tag because it was after the draw and stuff like that. But I just lived on a mountain with him for a month and filmed him. And it's on the Bone Cold YouTube. We'll have to watch that later, the YouTube channel. That hunt's on there. And it is it's just it was so awesome like i got again paid tuition is how i looked at it you know what i mean 
right. a lot of these hunts are my mindset, I think, is because, like, who's going to go spend a month and quit my mechanics job of seven years because I couldn't get a month off, and I looked and I was fully vested in the company. I worked for U-Haul as a mechanic for seven years. Uh, ball joints, tie rods, radiators, whatever the pre-inspector wrote them up for. That's what I did. I was a mechanic and fully vested in the company, come hunt on this elk hunt for a month. I was just in like a beautiful relationship at the time. I've never really been in a long relationship like that as an adult. And it was awesome. Everything was going good. And he's like, dude, come on this, on this elk hunt, but we're going to live out there for a month. He's like, I've been on five elk hunts. I've been successful all the time. It's impossible for me to self film on it. He's like, I'll pay for everything. You can't hunt because it's not, um, you can't get my tag to pass the draw, but we will get one way tickets to Idaho and we will get a rental car and drive back, being very optimistic that it's going to be full of elk meat and horns. You know what I mean? So that was the plan. And he said, bring your boat because there's a lot of states on the way home that might be over the counter. And yeah, so going back to that mindset, it's just like, I don't know if it's helped me or to be determined or it's going to kill me, but I quit my full-time job, benefits, everything to go on an elk hunt and came home. Relationship was not an option anymore. Apparently got a text on the way home that the relationship was no more after hiking three miles up a mountain to keep in touch every night. Couldn't have told me before. Save me a little cardio, (laughs) but uh, you know, it is what it is. And that's the worst thing in your life at that point. You can't see past that, but it's just like, I was doing what I was built to do you know what i mean that whole time so there's no there's no regrets no regrets no nothing like no nothing you know what i mean like that's what i'm here to do and if i didn't do what i was here to do i would have never met you guys i would have never met anyone you know what i mean and my life wouldn't be the masterpiece that it is i'll never be a rich man but i will always be a happy man well that's you know what i mean like all yeah i mean sometimes yeah I wasn't very happy. No, I'm talking about this part. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, talking about the rich part. Oh, the rich part. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk. Is YouTube going? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I guess I probably digressed from the original topic of what you were asking about that I can no longer even remember what we were talking about in the first place. The elk hunt. Oh, the fitness and the how I, like, got fit. I didn't realize till that elk hunt, like, first 20 minutes of the first day it's just like any hike why did i sign up for this again right why did i think this is fun you know what i mean and mm-hmm. someone said it i think it might have been steven ronella where he's just like there's fun that's like the most fun is like stuff that's not fun while you're doing it like the roller coaster fun is cheap fun that you don't remember a roller coaster ride 10 years down the line right. but you remember when you're getting your butt kicked and hiking up a mountain how fun it was that you were sitting in that after. rainstorm and stuff like that suffering like that's the fun after and that's the stuff i've always gravitated to and I'm at the point now, due to these experiences, where I can, you know, like to think I'm getting a little more mature at this time in my life. But I like to enjoy those moments now, in the moment, now that I'm able to, from like a thousand I'm suffering. Point of view. Yes. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> but it's literally like how it is sometimes. I'm like, how awesome is this? Because I'm going to miss this in three days when I'm locked in the basement doing taxidermy mounts for people that I didn't even shoot the deer for. You know what right, I mean? Just right. thinking about these hunts that I'm going to go on. So, yeah, um, the, it's never anything I really strived for. When, on my first Africa trip, I got it in my mind to psych myself out that I needed a 70-pound bow. And upstate New York, you don't need anything more than 60. You know what I mean? To draw back effectively and kill a white-tailed deer. But these bigger animals, heavier arrows, get more potential um, <clears throat> stored into momentum into that arrow setup. I want to pull back a 70-pound bow. So I kind of psyched myself out of, like, I need to lift weights. Like, this is going to get me to the gym. Finally, this is going to be enough for me. (laughs) Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling back that 70-pound bow. I tried it. I can pull it back right away. But I'm like, no, I want to pull it back better. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be easier. Dude, I downloaded the MyFitnessPal app. I was ingesting 3,500 calories, drinking those liquid shakes, just eating everything I could until I was feeling gross. And it was just like, and you get acclimated to it, and you feel good. And I felt great. And I started to look a little better, as if that's possible. And uh, <laughs> But I was just like, you get that confidence. You're like, man, this is good. This is good. And I ended up tweaking my shoulder on the bench press. And it was like two weeks out from my first uh, coos deer hunt. And in Arizona, I'm just like, ain't nothing worth my rotator cuff. You know what I mean? So I put it down and just 
slowly just shooting my bow and stuff like that and focused on that. If I can't draw my bow, all bets are off. Yeah, so here's here's what I – and and certainly don't disagree with anything that you're saying at all, but I heard it explained one time the reason that there's a lot of hunters that are fit that lift for longevity-wise. Yeah. Well, this would be my um, hypothesis to you, would be the imbalance – because you're you're a right-handed okay, shot, yeah. so, so it's being able to do a little bit, so you have a lot of balance, so you yeah. can have longevity. Okay, yeah. So I mean, no, one hundred percent. And again, I'm brought up in a family that knows nothing about that, so it's like, right. and never been like is never brought up in a in a, a very wealthy family either. So it's like the resources for me are so limited, and now there's no excuse for it with YouTube. You can learn anything on YouTube. Most of your fitness was found out in the woods, I would say. Yeah, and it's like. Mm-hmm. All I eat is venison. You know what I mean? Yeah. I go out to a yeah. restaurant, I'm not getting a burger. Right. I'm getting a fruta de mare because that's not what's in my freezer all the time. Like, right. if I'm, I'm thawing a pound of burger and that's all I'm eating and I'm just burning it up quick on the grill or whatever, and just like you hear about this carnivore diet and intermittent fasting and like all the stuff and it all, I 100% believe in all of it because that's kind of what I do inadvertently by accident. Like, just out of... That's what I have. Is that's gear what I do. And a lot of people are like, they can't get their hands on it. And I've right. always taken it for granted. So maybe that's why, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've always been pretty coherent with all of it. Just not really putting much mind into it, I guess, is my point. It's like, I've just not been very educated in the matter of fitness and whatnot. I would love to. You know what I mean? Right. I'm a little dude. I'm five foot seven. So it's like, the muscle stacked up on me quick. The heaviest I ever was was 145. Took a week off from that cruiser hunt right back to 130 i don't know if it's all like water weight whatever I, I don't know i was like i googled it but i was just so disheartening it was just so disheartening to me and that's all what it is but i could see 100 percent and it's just i burn it up so quick you know what i mean but that that elk hunt showed me that it's possible yeah you know what i mean yeah absolutely. so i'm so open-minded to whatever and i would love to be regimented and doing that and now that i make my own schedule it's possible for me to lift weights and I have a 35-pound kettlebell in the basement. Right. I use it to equal out the weight on some mounts, mostly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I'll lift it up, dude. But, uh, yeah, I like it. And I love I love getting my ass kicked, honestly. Like, I just yeah. love, like, these hunts and just everything like that. And I love, I gravitate towards the pain and being uncomfortable is where I thrive. And I love it. So, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I see this stuff and it's inspiring. Just this whole gym is awesome. You know what I mean? And just uh, listening to Jen's podcast on the drive over here, eight hour drive to Ohio from New York where I am. It's just so cool, man. When people are, I love when people are all about their thing and so knowledgeable, regardless of what it is. There's something you right. can learn from everyone. You know what I mean? And I just love that. Like, yeah, I don't care totally. what it is. Like, video games, whatever. As long as you're into it, cool. I'll listen for hours and yeah, just yeah. learn about it. You know what I mean? I love it. Well, thanks for joining us today, brother. Uh, no problem. If you Thank have you not followed us on YouTube at Ohio Got Outfitters, follow, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some amazing hunts coming up. Uh, we have getting ready to be released is our archery antelope hunt. Absolutely amazing. Gannon behind the camera is a master. Um, also, follow us at ruggedathlete.com. Uh, we also are getting ready to launch our 40-day journey completely free. There's nothing there, but we want you to experience a better, more fulfilled life. Thank you for joining us, Hanafo. Thank you. Thank Dr. you. Dr. Fit Jen, mm-hmm. Gannon, thank you.